I have a challenge for you. Whether you're watching live, watching on YouTube or website, or maybe you're listening on Spotify or Apple Music right now, wanna play a little game. I am going to play a theme, a really well-known movie theme. I'm gonna play three of them, and I want you to try and guess what theme that is from, what theme that movie is from, okay? Are you ready? I'm totally gonna get demonetized for this. I don't care. I think this is important to my message, so we're gonna do it anyway. All right, so here is the first theme. Huh? Anything? Okay, uh, did, do you have any idea what theme that is? Really iconic. Uh, if you've been to the movies recently, uh, you might be a little bit more familiar with it. It's a re the rebranding of a classic. It is Spider-Man. That's right, the current Marvel Cinematic Universe Spider-Man theme. They're, they've taken like the old classic Spider-Man theme and kind of done like a retrofit with it. Okay, so good job if you got that. Here's, here's theme number two. Anything? You got it? Okay, uh, if for my keen-eyed, not eyed, ear viewers, um, more than likely, viewers, listeners, <laughs> I don't know, uh, more than likely you recognize that that is from Harry Potter and just the entire Harry Potter series. Such a magical, whimsical intro for a theme song, right? So, okay, we're gonna play one more and, and we'll, we'll call it a day when it comes to the theme music. Here we go. Oh, this one just, it wells so much inside of me. This is from Lord of the Rings. This one came out back in the early 2000s. So if you haven't watched it recently, you may have forgotten. But yeah, it comes from Lord of the Rings. And so I love theme music. In fact, I was just hanging out with our campus pastor, Jake McMahon, at his house. And we were listening to some classic theme music. And that's what kind of triggered this in my mind. Just all the feelings and all the thoughts that go through our mind when we're when we hear these particular themes. Now, when I hear these grand themes, I oftentimes think of brave heroes. I think of people who are going on these grand adventures, these really awesome people with powers and spells and, and the strength to go all the way to Mordor, right? Like we, we oftentimes think of these things, but here's, here's what we missed. Here's what we miss. We often miss that these characters weren't worthy of these roles at the beginning of their journey. I mean, think about it. Peter Parker, for example, he was just a high school kid that stumbled into a lab and got bitten by a spider. Harry Potter was the adopted kid of a family who seemed to despise him. Harry Potter had nothing going for him. In fact, he was living in the cupboard under the stairs of the home he was found in. I think of Frodo Baggins, the ordinary hobbit who had never once left the realm of the Shire, that the safe little nook in Middle Earth where nothing bad ever really happens. You see, adventure and success is usually preceded by the mundane. 
Great stories begin with people who feel inadequate and choose to take a single step. What's up, everybody? My name is Theo Davis. I'm the digital pastor here at Restore. Would love to meet you. Would love to connect with you. Shoot me an email. Find me on Instagram, Facebook, all the different places, and we can continue the conversation. But right now, we're wrapping up a series called Red Letter Life. This has been a fun series. If you have not uh, heard the entire series, I encourage you, head to our YouTube channel, listen to us on Spotify or Apple Music or anywhere where you find your latest podcast, and you can listen to the series in its entirety because we've been walking through the red letters of Jesus. What would happen if we just focused on the things Jesus said? What would happen if we just focused on the red letters? Today, Here's our big idea as we're wrapping up this series. And the big idea, if you're not familiar with it, if you're just now tuning in, if you're just now joining us here at Restore, we always have a big idea in our messages and we try and write our entire message around this theme. And the big idea is this, following Jesus means following the adventure of reproducing followers. Following Jesus means following the adventure of reproducing Christ followers. You see, most of Americanized Christianity consists of people who call themselves Christians, go to church every now and then, but usually keep their faith pretty private, pretty to themselves for fear of offending other people or for fear of just not knowing enough. But Jesus calls you and me to do something uncomfortable. And Jesus, who was fully human and fully God, he was God in a bod, right? Uh, He was relentless in his invitation to uh, invite people to reproduce followers. He was relentless in his invitation to go after everyone under the sun, any person with a pulse. He seemed like he was inviting to follow him. And in turn, he was training them to invite others to follow him. Too often, we reject the call of adventure that Jesus has presented so clearly to us every single day. We, we do this for a couple of reasons. Maybe, maybe one of these resonates with you. A few actually resonated with me. Maybe you feel like, it's the, isn't it the church's job, Theo, to reproduce followers? Theo, 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 isn't it the pastor's job to reproduce followers. You're the one who went to college, you went to seminary, you you read the Bible back and forth, you know all the verses, you can quote things. Isn't it your job to reproduce people? And no, 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 it's the Christian's jobs who've been following Jesus for like 20 years, right? If I've been following for a year, maybe two years, maybe five or 10, yeah, that's good, but I haven't been doing it for too long. Like it's, it's the 20 plus year Christians that are called to reproduce, who are called to actually be the ones inviting, right? Because they probably have it all figured out. It's the people who have read the Bible from cover to cover, who understand it, who can quote, like it's those people who are called to reproduce and to follow Jesus in that way. 
My friends, oh my goodness, friends, listen. Lean in as you're listening or watching this right now. If you're a Christ follower, Jesus invites you to invite others on this adventure of following Jesus. He invites you to invite others. He never intended to invite you and you come to the feet of Jesus and you're all like, oh, yay, I'm a Christian, awesome. And then it stops there. The invitation is not, you can do this, but then you can't, you don't have to do this part. No, they are one in the same. Every life of adventure starts with an invitation. With Peter Parker, it was his uncle who said with great power, comes great responsibility, an invitation to use the power that he didn't even realize that Peter had been given for good. The invitation starts when uh, Harry Potter received that letter from the owl, and it said that you have been invited to the Hogwarts School of Wizardy. Potter could have thrown it away, stayed with his mundane life, but no, he chose to accept the invitation. When Frodo found the ring and Gandalf was standing there and he gave them, him this mission, you must take the ring to Mount Doom and throw it in the fires. Frodo could have rejected it, but no, in the midst of his mundane life in the Shire, he hears this call and he goes on this adventure. Jesus is giving you the exact same call today to to not just focus on yourself, but to be a reproducing Christian, inviting others to this life-giving relationship with the Father. Let's look exactly at how Jesus gives this invitation in Scripture. We're going to start kind of backwards. We're going to start with the grand adventure and then get down to the mundane invitation. Because sometimes I think we hear the grand adventure of the Great Commission— And we get a little overwhelmed. Let me just read it for you real quick. The words of Jesus at the end of his ministry, he has died, he's been resurrected. The disciples are going wild. They're like, oh, he's alive, he's alive. And they are pumped at this point, right? And so Jesus says this to them. Listen up. Jesus came to his disciples and told them this. I I have been given all authority in heaven and on earth. Therefore... Go and make disciples of all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father and the Son and the Holy Spirit. Teach these new disciples to obey all the commands I have given you. And be sure of this, I am with you always, even to the end of the age. This grand scripture referenced so much in church. Sometimes the, the, the amazingness of this invitation can be lost on us. Sometimes we hear the Great Commission, we're like, okay, yeah, I've heard this before. Great Commission, go there. No, 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 guys, 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 lean in. This is so crazy what Jesus is actually asking us to do. Imagine if all the Christians in America actually lived this out. Listen, he says, Therefore, go and make disciples of all nations. Did you know that if you're going to make a disciple of someone, you have to be kind to them? 
You got to be generous to them. You have to build relationship with them. The way that we talk about some countries, the way we might talk about Mexico or El Salvador, Argentina, the way we might talk about uh, Canada or Germany or France, the way we might talk about South Africa or Nigeria or Ghana, the way we might talk about China and the Philippines and Japan, there's all these countries that Jesus has given us this holy responsibility to go and make disciples. Go! and invite people in the midst of their mundane lives. Go and invite them to follow me so that they'll then invite others. Guys, as Christians, if we did this, it would change the world. But you know what? We can't control every single Christian across America, but guess what? We can control what we do because just because everyone else is not uh, following Jesus to a T doesn't give us excuses to just push it aside. Jesus gave some other uh, directions in here, some directions that sometimes we push aside because of religious obligation or religious misunderstanding that we've just kind of grown up with. He says, rep- he says uh, go into all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. He says, baptize them. I'm inviting you to invite others I'm inviting you. Jesus got baptized. He, he, he's inviting the disciples to be baptized, and then they can go baptize others. Friends, let me just lean in as your pastor for a moment, whether you're listening, watching live. If you are a Jesus follower and you have not been baptized yet, because you've chosen not to, because it hasn't been on your radar, because you've just been waiting for the right moment. I'm going to be honest, like you're you're being disobedient. You're you're being disobedient toward Jesus and following him the same way I was disobedient. I became a Christian when I was in the eighth grade, but I didn't get baptized until I was 16 in 10th grade. Maybe it was 11th grade. Because I had this warped understanding that, oh, it has to be perfect. Oh, I've got to really like get over all of my sin. Oh, blah, 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 blah. No, no, no. Repent and be baptized. There, there should be like hardly any gap between following and being baptized. Part of reproducing is the baptism process. Friends, have you been baptized? There is, uh, this is the story that makes me feel like, man, no, none of us have excuses. Um, there's a young lady who uh, started watching Restore Online um, uh, last year and got involved. And then she uh, decided she's going to say yes to Jesus, start following Jesus, and then decided, I need to be baptized. But here's the problem. She lived in St. Louis, all the way in St. Louis. That is four hours away from Kansas City where Restore Community Church is based. You know what this young lady did? She got in her car. She drove four hours. It actually, her car actually broke down halfway through. She had to get it fixed and then continued the rest of the way. Um, she came to one of our campuses, the Park Hill campus, and this, I had the pleasure of baptizing this young lady. I told her, I was like, listen, I will come to you and baptize you. She's like, no, 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 no. I want to be with the rest of the church community. I want to be with the rest of my people when I do it. And so I'm going to make the trek. I'm going to make the adventure so that I can be obedient to following Jesus. Have you been baptized? Baptism is a key to reproducing others because then you can point them to a moment where you went public with your faith and invite them to do the same. Now, that's like the grand 
uh, uh, picture of reproduction. That is Jesus uh, in all of his might, in all of his glory. He's getting ready to ascend back into heaven. The disciples are hype as anything. And we're like, well, I didn't see all of that. So what does that look like for me, Theo? Let's rewind earlier in Jesus' ministry, back in Mark chapter 1, verses 16 through 17. There's this moment where Jesus is just walking through the mundane aspects of life. Check out what happens in, uh, in the passage. Let's read together. One day, as Jesus was walking along the shore of the Sea of Galilee, he saw Simon and his brother Andrew throwing a net into the water, for they fished for a living. Jesus called out to them, Come, follow me and I will show you how to fish for people. And they left their nets at once and followed him. A little further up the shore, Jesus saw Zebedee's sons, James and John, in a boat repairing their nets. He called out to them at once, and they also followed him, leaving their father Zebedee in the boat with the hired men. Every single Jesus follower had a humble beginning. They weren't superhumans with superpowers, with high accolades and criteria. They didn't go to seminary. They didn't know the entire Torah. They weren't uh, in high positions of the priesthood of Israel at the time. Uh, they were not perfect. In fact, some of these were the most notorious sinners in all of Israel. Yet Jesus saw them in the mundane aspects of their life and he gave them an invitation. They were fishermen. They were cleaning their nets. They were just a normal high school student. They were just a hobbit that never left the shire. They were just the adopted kid who lived under the stairs. The mundane is exactly what qualified them and the mundane is exactly what qualifies you. Jesus' invitation is clear. It's, it's time to physically get off our butts. It's time to put our faith into action. You fish for creatures in the ocean. I fish for the hearts of your neighbors, Jesus was telling those future disciples. Jesus' invitation to leave the mundane life and follow him as he embarks on a rescue mission to save the human race. Will you come? Will you follow? You see, it's not just about Jesus inviting you. You then have to turn and invite others. Because as messed up as the disciples were, as uh, confused as they were, as uh, just sort of ordinary as they were, they were still really good at turning around and inviting others to be part of the Jesus mission. Jesus is inviting you to be with him. He's equipping you to reproduce and invite others. Again, Americanized Christianity, sometimes it just gets it wrong. Sometimes churches can feel more like exclusive clubs rather than an open community of sinners who have been redeemed, inviting other sinners. What if you were the catalyst of helping to change that? What if you were the catalyst in your small group 
that was like, no, 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 no. We can't just have this exclusive club. We need to invite other people in this and then reproduce and divide so that more people have a place where they can go and find community that they so desperately need. What if I didn't treat my online community of church or my in-person community of church as this exclusive club where I get to hang out and it's my little thing. But no, instead, I see this as a missional opportunity to invite my neighbor because I know how great this environment and group of people are. Jesus isn't inviting you to know it all. He's not inviting you to be right all the time. He's not inviting you to uh, be the, the pastor of all pastors. He's inviting you to invite others. He's inviting you to reproduce. He's inviting you to give away the same grace and redemption and love and acceptance that he has given you. He's wanting you to give to that other person. He's wanting you to give to your neighbor, to your coworker, to that hated enemy that you so much despise. But what would happen if if you decided, you know what, I don't like this person because of this, this, and this, but I'm going to reproduce a Jesus follower even in the midst of that. What would God do? This, this grand adventure, it's more important than anything else we'll ever do. So what do we do with this knowledge here today as we're wrapping up? I got just two things for you. Two things I want you to consider as we're thinking about being Christians who are reproducing, as we're thinking about Christians who are striving to share the gospel with our neighbors, who are thinking that as we are Christians who have received the Great Commission, have received the reality that this isn't just about me and my faith, this isn't just about me coming to church and having a warm place where my family gets fed and we have this loving community. No, this is about me having that, yes, but then desperately looking to invite others, the widow, the orphan, the homeless person, the outcast, the person you probably might think has nothing, no business being anywhere near Christianity. What if you were to invite someone from another religion? What would happen if in the midst of your mundane life, you took some steps. Here's, here's the two things I want you to think about as we close here today. Number one, reproducing begins with the mundane. Adventure and success is usually preceded by it. I think about Thomas Edison, who invented the light bulb. And, you know, he was here, and there's a story that he tried a thousand times, and he kept trying, and it failed, tried and failed. I don't know about you, but after about five failed attempts, I'm just like, okay. I feel, I feel bad about myself enough. I'm going to stop. But Thomas Edison, he kept trying. He kept making, he kept exploding light bulbs. He kept setting things on fire. And then all of a sudden, in the midst of this mundane act where yet again he's screwing this thing on, yet again he's hooking up some electricity to see if he can't generate uh, light from the act of the uh, charge going through the wires and all of a sudden in the midst of this mundane thing he had been doing for weeks, if not years, I, I, I don't specifically know, but all of a sudden a miracle happens. All of a sudden a discovery happens. All of a sudden, eureka. God has you in the midst of some mundane things. Maybe you're a stay-at-home parent and a lot of your life feels mundane. 
But what if God wants to use you in the mundane of picking the kids up and picking the kids up and dropping them off at school? What if the mundane of you being in the schools? What if it's the mundane of you just going around the town and interacting with the people you interact with? What if the mundane was using some of your free time in order to uh, give to other people? You might think, oh, I'm just a high school student. And once I'm out of high school and I have more control of my life, then uh, I might try this adventure of following Jesus and, and reproducing. No, 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 no. The mundane place you're in right now is exactly where God can use you. But you have to answer the call. You have to answer the call. So reproducing begins with the mundane things of life. The second thing is this, invite others as you have been invited. Invite others as you have been invited. At some point in the Jesus mission, you were invited. Someone brought you to church. Someone sat down with you and read the Bible. Someone told you some Bible stories. You more than likely didn't just get an angel from the Lord that appeared to you. Someone along the way, and more than likely it was a bunch of people along the way, invited you, shared with you, lived out what it meant to be Jesus. And in the midst of the mundane, you got an invitation to come to church, to check out this Bible study, to read the Bible for yourself. You got an invitation to consider who Jesus is and what he could mean in your life. If you got that and accepted that, now is your time to reproduce. And it might take a thousand tries before that miracle happens. But I promise you, if you are faithful as as you go through the mundane of life and you are faithful and you're looking for opportunities to invite your neighbor, invite your enemy, invite people that most of society pushes to the, 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 the edges, Jesus can do a miracle. God has you here for a reason. God has you here because as long as there's breath in your lungs, he has a grand adventure that will trump any hobbit's quest, any superhero's quest, or any, uh, oh, what was the last one? Oh, any wizarding journey. He has an adventure of following Jesus ahead of you. Let's be reproducing Christians. Let's pray. Dear God, I thank you so much for every person who's deciding in this moment that yes, I wanna be a reproducing Christian. Help all of us to lean in to our mundane activities in our neighborhoods, at our jobs, and in our schools.